Hello guys, welcome to the third episode of the Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm here with my co-host Tyler Randall and Jacob Teets. How's it going guys? What's up guys, this is Tyler. Uh, this is Jacob, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at FFootballJT. Yeah, and I'm at uh, TR Sports Chatter. And I am the FF Superflex Guru, and we are the Forecasters. Thank you guys for coming in today. Um, we got a good episode. We're going to be talking about the NFL Scouting Combine. It is coming up this upcoming weekend. Um, we record on weekends, so we wanted to preview it this week and kind of recap it next week. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, but to start off this episode, we're going to be going over some mailbag questions. We put out a tweet out there. We got about four or five. Uh, we plugged about four or five responses that we liked, and uh, we're going to answer you guys' questions. Um, so the first one is, uh, says, DJ Moore versus Kenny Galladay. Which one would you guys prefer, uh, Jacob? Oh, DJ Moore all day. 22 years old. He's got Joe Brady as offensive coordinator. Uh, just a new system already. And with a not-so-great quarterback last year with a weird offense, he was super consistent the entire time, especially for fantasy. So Kenny Galladay is kind of a... He's the number one for the team, and they're a pass-happy type team. But DJ Moore is by far the better option. Uh-oh, Tyler looks mad. He looks real mad. You wouldn't take Babytron? No. Babytron all day. DJ do you, Moore. Do you see, like, DJ Moore looks like a baby out there on the field You do realize what Galladay. happened to the Megatron, right? 30 years old, had to retire because he was just tired of football. I, I the Lions he ruined has a careers. Hall of Fame kind of career, type of career. Okay. Yeah. But is that Babytron or is that Megatron? Um, Babytron's I will say Baby this. Tron is a beast, man. I will say this. I think Kenny Galladay was, I think, wide receiver. Like, I think it was a top five wide receiver. I think, this he, I think he finished at four. Yeah, and I think DJ Moore finished outside the top ten. Uh, but like Jacob said, that was with Kyle Allen compared to, you know, I guess Matthew Stafford. Did, but we don't. I guess Matthew I Stafford was out the majority yeah. of the year. <laughs> but also, how old is Kenny Galladay comparison? Because I know DJ Moore is 22. Like yeah, two I, years older. Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is about 24 maybe. or tw- yeah, 25. Okay. So, I mean, both are good options. I just feel like I want to go youth there. DJ Moore showed first year he was pretty good. Second year, Curtis Samuel was supposed to come in and take over. He was obviously the better option there. I think that they're just going to get better with that new offense. Yeah, I would say PPR, it's easily DJ Moore. Standard, you're going to get the touchdowns with Kenny Galladay. So, I would go with Kenny Galladay in standard. PPR, I'd go with uh, DJ Moore. And uh, But thank you for submitting that question. The next one we got here is, what do you guys expect uh, with Kareem Hunt and Damian Williams? Um, sounds like a Chiefs fan there that put that in. Uh, Kareem Hunt is with the Cleveland Browns now. He is an unrestricted free agent, so we don't really know where he's going to sign. Um, he did come out and say that he did want to sign, like he didn't want to re-sign with the Browns. So we'll see if they want to bring him back. He did get caught with pot again this offseason. Um the GM, the new GM, did say that he's already on his last leg there. So we'll see about Kareem Hunt. But with Damian Williams, it's a wait and see what the Chiefs do with the draft. If the Chiefs don't bring anyone in with the draft, he's going to be their RB1 again next year. Maybe Darwin Thompson. But uh, it's basically a hold Damian Williams, maybe sell him if you think the Chiefs are going to draft a running back. But it's a wait and see for him. Yeah, I'd say if you're going to sell Damian Williams, this is about the time. He just came off of what is arguably the Super Bowl MVP game. Yeah, uh, he got robbed. Yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely a huge part of that. So I'd say sell him high right now. Cream Hunt, 
he's gonna land somewhere. He's such an amazing talent. There's a reason why the Browns picked him up after he got suspended. What was it, six or seven games for yep. kicking that girl? I think it was eight, maybe. And maybe it was eight, but he also and it was one of those. Yeah, he yeah. also it had a hernia. And then he had a bye week, so he came back week ten. Yeah. yeah, and it's one of those. As long as he has kind of went through some therapy about it, thought about it and stuff like that. The I mean, the organization allowed him to stay, so they must have saw something with him. And then, yeah, he got caught with marijuana on the highway by a highway patrolman. So I mean, it wasn't anything like Greg Robinson. 157 yeah. pounds. Oh, my That's God. That's insane. Like, That's I would a lot. Sh- I literally, what are, you, like, what are you doing, man? Like, Well, and here's my thing. You could, like, he's in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure Illinois is... It's legal. If it's not Missouri, you it, can it get is. a medicinal It's one hundred percent legal. No what are you doing going to Mexico? Yeah, well, he said it's they were driving from uh, California to somewhere. It's like, legal in California, yeah. baby. And if it's not, you can go up to yeah. Colorado. It's I'm not, not that far. Sure. But yeah, I'd it's say it's probably cheaper down in Mexico. Yeah. So I, I, but me personally, I would buy Cream Hunt low. Just because if he ends up on a team and he gets the starting reps, we saw what he did with the Chiefs before he got cut from kicking someone in a hotel he's gonna be able to produce and actually get you some solid fantasy points especially if you're giving up you know like a 14th round draft pick for him 20th round draft pick just depending on how deep you go Damian Williams if you have him sell him high he had a little bit of injury issues last year up until the playoffs and honestly with Daryl Williams or Darwin Thompson it's just in a past happy offense you don't know exactly which way they're gonna go Exactly. And I think this is the best time to buy low on Kareem Hunt because of the recent news. Uh, no one really knows what teams are going to want to sign him because no one really trusts him. So I think this is the ultimate buy low for him and the ultimate buy low for Damian Williams as well. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think, Tyler? Uh, Personally, I think Damian Williams will probably not have a job too much longer. I think the Chiefs are going to look more into drafting a running back. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins or Swift would be a really good option for the Chiefs. I did see that. I saw that um, Swift was mock draft and going to him. Like, I mean, he'll still have a role, but his role will be you know reduced by quite a bit. And then you'll have um, Kareem Hunt. You know, if he goes to the right situation where he he will shine again, like say he goes to Philly or he goes to Tampa. I mean, even Houston. You Ooh, go to these Tampa. That'd be good. You go to these uh, really good offenses. And they're just like a running back away from being, you know, elite. Like we've we've mentioned Tampa before. You get Winston a running game, like that could be a game changer. He's not throwing thirty picks a year. Like he's actually going to be really effective. Yeah. I'll say we saw what Bruce Aaron's offense looked like with an elite running back uh, with David Johnson. So if they can get whoever is going to be their quarterback, who knows if it's going to be Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, whoever's going to be there next year. If they could get him a strong running game in that offense, it's going to be a lot easier for the quarterback. Um, but moving on to the next one, it's going to be, what do you expect from Kenyon Drake next year? Um, you know, the Cardinals traded for him. Uh, he is an unrestricted free agent. He controls his own destiny. He could go back to the Cardinals if he chooses. He looked really good with them. They have already said that they want him to come back, that they, you know, they don't plan on using David Johnson as a workhorse, that they plan on if Kenyon Drake comes back to use him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see just exactly where he plans on you know, going this offseason because I think he is going to have a lot of teams wanting to put in their bids for him. So Yeah, for sure. I think he'll either, A, resign with Arizona. He already knows the system, good chemistry with the players, Kyler Murray and the coach. Um like, but if they still give 
like say they don't give him you know full that's yours you're not a three down back you're you're gonna split time with david johnson um i could see him maybe trying to go to a contending team or a better offensive team that could use him as a three down player i'm gonna say jake you are a chiefs fan would you want to see the Chiefs sign Kenyon drake i think after him having a breakout in eight games i think that he's gonna be wanting more money than what the chiefs can afford because they can barely afford slices of bread right now (laughs) with them being strapped for cash so i mean i think that best for him if david johnson does get cut or does get traded and it's a for sure deal and he's gonna have the number one role he needs to stay I mean, that offense is insanely young. That de- that offensive line is a little older, and it has been beat up in the past. But the weapons that they got, outside Larry Fitz, they've got youth all over the wide receiver core. Their quarterback's young. Um, if he goes somewhere, then he- he's going to be going somewhere for the money at this point and oh, maybe yeah. a championship because he kind of solidified himself as he's going to get paid way more than what he would have if he somehow stayed with the Dolphins if they didn't trade him. I would say, wouldn't it be funny if he goes back to the Dolphins? But I don't think that he is, just based on the fact of how his relationship was with that team. Yeah, no. Um, I don't really know where he's going to go. It's it's hard to pluck. I would say I mean, probably I, the Cardinals. I yeah, would say I, like, I guess we can, put, we can put we can put him in the same conversation we, with David Johnson. I guess we can say, like, with Even Tampa Kareem Bay. Hunt. Like, he could, yeah, like, all three of literally, those. There's a lot of teams that need running backs, but it's a matter of, who wants who for what price? Okay, so right. say that he does go stay with the Cardinals and they do cut or trade David Johnson. Where do you see him finishing as a running back next season? Do you finish him as a RB1 or an RB2 maybe? Because I could see him being a – because he was a low-end RB, RB1. He was winning people fantasy championships. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was carrying teams. Uh, I had a team that wasn't overly that good, but I got to the championship game just because I got 25, I think I think 25 points from round one and almost 30 from round two. Uh, he didn't do that good in the championship week, but he, he got me there, so I was happy with that. I think he's an RB, too. I mean, there's so the running back position is so like top-heavy. Like you got your, yeah. you got your Zeke's, uh, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, like Aaron Jones, what he did last year, Henry, Fournette, what Joe Mixon. Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Okay, no. <laughs> we'll skip Joe Mixon. Um, Joe Mixon's RB2, like, but he. I, I do agree with RB2, though. I think that he has a safe <laughs> floor if he stays with the Cardinals, but. I feel like we might run into a situation where he beat out Damian Williams in uh, Miami for the starting job, and then the next year everyone was buying him high, thinking that he was going to be kind of flipping that offense around, and then he became a, just a complete dud. Yep. And it was the offense. like they, The offense did not run correctly through him. Even when they had Frank Gore, he still should have been the number one back. Oh yeah. But I think that he's just kind of one of those guys that he's a safe RB2, especially if he gets the starting snaps with that offense. He has potential for RB1, but he's, as of right now, I just call him RB2. I want to say, is there anyone who has killed more young running backs than Frank Gore? Oh, so many. I mean, he's, he's a <laughs> guy Drake, that... Devin Singletary. I'm sure there was, an, uh, there was a running back on the 49ers. Well, I mean, Carlos Hyde for a second yeah, when yeah, he Carlos was out there. Hyde, yeah. And then he, when he was with the Colts, I mean, I don't know exactly which ones at that point in time. But oh, I, I forgot he even played with the Colts. Right? He's been in the league for like as long as I've been alive, I feel like, to be He's honest. been like, in the league for a while. Ever since I started watching football, like it's always been Frank Gore in the league. Like It's crazy. Does he yeah. go down as like a top running back ever to play? He's I like mean, fourth in rushing yards. He's been plotting his way. But like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think like he's a – he might be like a top 10. But See, that's what Deion Sanders was saying. I don't know if you guys were watching anything, but during the Super Bowl week – 
he was very outspoken about the Hall of Fame just letting in lots of players. I think because they let in like eleven players. And yeah, he said that's ridiculous. It's supposed to be the Hall of Fame. And he was like, and then I think Rich uh, Rich Eisen asked him, well, what about Frank Gore? Like he's a guy that's like you know top five uh, rushing yards, but he hasn't really had a good season that you can point to this as a Hall of Fame season. He goes. Yeah, I don't think you should get in, but it, but it, he's, oh, yeah, gosh, so. Dion. Yeah, he was no, very outspoken. I think he deserves to be in for the fact that you know he's like fourth all time in rushing yards. Like he's ahead of guys like Barry Sanders and stuff. Even though Barry didn't play very long, but like he's put in his time, his mm-hmm. effort, his work um, to get to that spot. He's been a mentor on to many other young running backs. Yeah, um, played for many different teams that we just named. I think he deserves a spot. I mean, I think they are letting too many players in, but Frank Gore should definitely be I, one yeah, of those guys in the Hall of Fame. I think Frank Gore was in a decent situation in San Francisco. He had like a solid offense, really good defense around him. But after that, I don't think he's been in like the best of situations. I don't know if he was in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning or not, but if he wasn't and you had what Painter as the quarterback or whoever it was, I can't remember who. I don't know if he was with Luck or not. I'm not quite for sure. I don't think he was. Yeah. If he was with Luck, it was like for one year. Yeah. I, I think that he's one of those guys that, yeah, his stats are quote-unquote getting padded because he's been in the league for so long. It's almost like an Emmett Smith thing. But you still have to give due to what he has done for the league. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then moving on to our last mailbag question, uh, it says, where do you value picks 1.01 through 1.05 in Dynasty overall rankings? Um, we all just did a startup. I drafted 1.01. A lot of people are going to say it was early. I drafted it. Uh, with the second to last pick in the second round, and then two and uh, 1.02 and 1.03 went back to back at 2.12 and 3.01. And I can't remember the players that were around, but I think it was around like Julio Jones and uh, Aaron Jones was around there. OBJ was still on the board. OBJ. Um, So, I mean, that's the type of value, at least super flex ranking wise, uh, where the top picks are going. Yeah. Um, 1.05, that's a little bit further back, I'd say. I'd say that went around around five or six. Yeah, because I, I took 104, and I felt like I reached a little bit, but it was at the end of the third uh, round, and I already had two picks that round. I would say, and this is a, a couple months out, or like away from the draft. The value is yeah. only going to go up the closer to the draft. Dynasty uh, rookie fever gets hot. Like the closer you get to the draft, that's why I wanted picks 1.01, just so that at least you know I could shop it. I did draft it early, but I was comfortable that at least closer to the draft I could get a better return than the players that was around there. Right, and I th- I feel like you drafted way for the future, yeah. just the way that you set up your team. I kind of was just like all over the place, but I was trying to go for just young guys in general, at least 27, 28 and younger. Yep. Just because like I, if they if I can win now, that's awesome, but I'm definitely wanting guys that I know can still continue to develop. Exactly. I definitely think that uh, you should take those rookie picks early if you can. Um, I think where Trey took his was probably he wanted to beat that wave before they started flying off. Right, because, I mean, because, it was the race for Burrow at that right, point. Right, it was a race for Burrow. Say, or Tua, if you value, value I guess Tua. Tua. Yeah, or whoever. Or, like, if you want to go the running backs. Like, right. this this is, like, it's one of the best class. drafts you could possibly be in right now if you have a lot of rookie picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Which But it do. just depends what direction you want to go. Like, do you want to get an established player like an o- OBJ or an Aaron Jones? Right. Or do you want to get your potential franchise quarterback, your dynasty quarterback in Joe Burrow or Tua? And that's the difference between if you want to win now and maybe try to win right. over the next few years or if you're trying to win 
five or six years down the road and then maybe go on like a five-year stretch. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm really... Uh, I traded for three people's whole 2021 draft class. And <laughs> you did. I was, and I was I just like, dude, I'm fine. That. Like, I'll take that value. I'm fine with waiting a year. Uh, and I'll just reap the benefits next year. Like, I'll be like, sorry, guys. Like, you know, I was one in 13 this year, but. You're the taco bye week, baby. Yeah. So, you guys. You... Honestly, I'll be that one that he beats. Honestly, it's just, <laughs> just going to happen. My team's like weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about my team. It's like. I feel like I can. I mean, you got Michael Thomas, so. Yeah, I got Zeke, too. Like, I'm pretty pumped about having, like, a pretty good duo at receiver and uh, running back. But I don't know. I'm, like, in a weird spot where I have a little bit older guys, a little bit of really young talent. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, like I said, that was the last mailbag question. Uh, Thank you guys for submitting them. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore forecast. You could ask us any questions. I tag everyone in there whenever we get questions sent to us, so we'll all answer it. Um, but like I said at the beginning of this episode, the the NFL Combine is upcoming this this next week, and we wanted to preview it for you guys. You know, a lot of people know about the top in elite draft picks. Everyone knows about Joe Burrow or C.D. Lamb or you know uh, Swift. So yeah, uh, we decided we're not really going to cover those guys because you know everyone already knows what they're capable of. We wanted to. Uh, each give you guys one uh, under the radar guy that you know we think is going to burst onto the scene at the combine or after the combine or at their pro day to say hey keep your eye on this guy if you can if you're in a draft right now that it, that has rookies available you should snatch them before their you know value goes up oh absolutely yeah, yeah. and um, I'll let Tyler start first on his guy he's uh he's pretty passionate about this guy he he, he says he's a Texas fan but he Hook them horns, baby. Say, but he loves a lot of LSU guys, so we'll see about this one. Yeah, so my player to really uh, watch at the Combine is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he kind of reminds me a lot of a Maurice Jones-Drew kind of play style. He's a little dude. He's only 5'9", about 200 pounds. Let's say, well, you got that three-name flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. True. And, like, if you guys remember back in the day, like, watching uh, MJD play, like, he was a stud. Like, he was. Those ja- that Jaguars team, like, he was, like, the workhorse. That was, and, yeah. like, that was, like, my first year at Fantasy was whenever he was doing good. I remember he was, like, he was a like, first-round pick. He was, like, a yeah. like every one, year. Like, and he was this, like, him and Doug Martin represented for the short was muscle, it Mike, was it, muscle oh, hamster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, the little small backs will just pound you over. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's only what did I say? Five nine. Oh, so yeah, five eight, five, five, yeah. five eight, five nine. Like he's like I said, he's a little dude. Um, he's got insanely good hands for a running back. Um, kind of like he's not like a Darren Sproles because he's not as shifty and quick and stuff. But he's like he's power. Like he's straight. He's like sure. a little brute. Like he, he could be a three down back in the NFL if he gets to the right system. And uh, I hope he goes to like Houston. Honestly, I think Houston would be a really good fit for him. They're in need of a running back. Probably go in the third or fourth round, but that's kind of the player I I would look out for in the draft. Yeah. And uh, who do you who do you think he emulates in the NFL? Like current day? Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Like he's kind of like his own little guy. Like he kind of has that mixture of Darren Sproles because he's little, but he's got the power of like a. Uh, like a Josh Jacobs, like a guy who's going to run you over. So I would say, okay. dude, Josh Jacobs is awesome. I love, as a Raiders fan, I love having him on my team because he's shifty, but he'll lower his head and run you over and make sure you know that he's there. So Right, yeah. like I I think he's going to be one of the hardest guys to tackle in the draft. Like he's so underrated just because he's like 
he's so small, but that could play an advantage too. Like I really think he's gonna he's pretty much a clone of Maurice Jones Drew. So sweet. And um I'll go with my guy next. I got Jalen Rager. And, you know, I was really a big fan of this guy as a K State fan. I watched a lot of Big Twelve football. Um, so I saw him destroy K-State for the past couple years. Um, they destroyed <laughs> Texas, too. Don't worry. It's been fun. I'm uh, a KU fan over here, so, I mean, everything's hey, a destroyed. We're all Big 12, so. Yeah. Everyone, everyone destroys KU. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was doing some research on him, and something I didn't know, he was actually a son of a, of, of a former NFL player. His dad spent eight years in the league. He was a defensive end. So that's kind of funny that, you know, he was a, def- a, a big old defensive end, and his son's a – speedy wide receiver that you know will break the back <laughs> on all the defenses yeah um so i thought that was kind of funny um but he did play for tcu and uh he he played all over for them he played in the slot he played on the outside uh this the thing that i think that is his biggest impact in the nfl is going to be in the kick return game and that's what he did good at at you know at tcu he was impacting every aspect of the game uh he was all over for them and i i think that you know Tyler's gonna like this, but I think the teams the I want to see Saints, to, baby. I was saying either the, the <laughs> you know the Saints or maybe the Packers. Oh, yeah. I think him opposite of Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams would be perfect. Perfect. Um, he'd be taking the top out of all the defenses, and I think that's gonna be good. But I think he's projected as a second or third. I mean, he's projected second day, which is a second or third round. Um, he could sneak into the first. There's a lot of good wide receivers, so yeah. he's going to have to he's be, be really interchangeable. You got all those really, what teams like. You got all those really good teams at the bottom of the draft that could use one, like you said, the Saints, mm-hmm. the Packers, the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs. Get, yeah, you know, the some Chiefs them, could always look for another one. The Patriots. Some of them are looking at going defense or like offensive line. Like I know Grant Delpert's looking at going probably 31. To the 49ers, which I don't really know why they'd go that route without. I I don't think he'll fall past like 17 at Dallas. Like Dallas will, if he's there, Dallas is going to take him. Like I don't remember who I saw at Dallas for the mock, but let's say and something that really, you know, a player that I think he's similar to is like T. Y. Hilton. A lot of people are comparing him to Curtis Samuel even. Just because um, he does it all, kind of thing. I'm about to say, like, I think these, I think he could be that T.Y. Hilton taking the top off the of defenses, Dude, and, and like the short route of the safety valve, and I think that's what okay. he could be. That's Imagine, true. like, I'm gonna use like the two scenarios Trey brought up. You have Mike Thomas on one side of the ball, and you have Rager on the other side. Like, that's hard to guard, like, mm-hmm. especially over the top, like he said. Even Devonte Adams, you go to the Packers, and then you're putting him with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's just gonna boost the team morale, boost his player morale. Like that puts him on a great path right away to become, a, you know, a great receiver for years to come. I would say, and yeah. you know, that's why I wanted to pick him because I'd say there's a lot of wide receivers. Um, he's gonna be, I would say, out of. I mean, I don't know. I could see him being a top five wide receiver, but he, I mean, he could. Uh, there's just so many of them that it's gonna be tough to crack that top five. Well, because like the thing is, is like you have those like once in a generational athletes, like maybe a Jerry Judy, maybe a CD Lamb, whoever. That it doesn't matter where they go, they might end up showing out like the Randy Moss 2.0. Not saying either of them are Randy Moss 2.0, but right now looking at this draft class, we're kind of looking at we might see something like that. So that Rager could be that kid. Because here's the deal: like if he gets that far, like late, 
he could find himself in a good situation like the Saints, whereas a CD or a Jerry Judy, they might go to the Jets, to the Raiders, and the Raiders' quarterback situation is kind of up in the air. The Jets have Sam Darnold. I guess we'll see if his high school disease is still going to affect him this year. So, <laughs> the mono. The mono. <laughs> but I, I think that Rager is in a good situation where he definitely could honestly be one of the best just because he finds himself in the right spot and he is a, a good enough athlete to be able to actually get on the field. I would say that could be like Debo or uh, DK. They oh, went, yeah. I mean, they went second or third round, and they went to good situations that they could yeah. flourish in, you know, as opposed to, I mean, uh, Hollywood Brown. He went to the Ravens. He went early. Which, a lot of people are saying that wasn't a good fit. I mean, Lamar Jackson did show out this year, but, yeah. I mean, still, I, I would we'll, say we'll that's... See. I would still like to see Hollywood Brown on the Chiefs rather than on the Ravens, you know? Right. Are you a little worried that, like, the last really hyped-up TC receiver... Like Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson for the Redskins or wherever he's at now. I mean, I don't know. TCU has had problems with... It was Josh Doxson. Yeah, and they also had like Jalen Strong and people like that from years before too. Other than Andy Dalton, there hasn't been really anyone good to come out of TCU to, you know, perform good in the pro game. So, I mean, it is kind of worrisome, especially since it is in the Big 12 and they're high scoring. But at the same time, you you could see that he is the talented guy that, you know... I think it could translate to the NFL. Yeah. T2 is your player, man. So I went with a route where a dude kind of stood out. He's looking probably early third round, but it's the second day for sure. It's running back from Florida State, Cam Akers. 5'11", 212. So, I mean, he's he's not quite as squatty as CEH, but he's still not very tall. He's not very spread out, so he's pretty compact. Um, this year, 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground. I mean... Three fumbles, pretty solid for a team that's been so below average. Their offensive line's been trashed. Their quarterbacks can't stay healthy. Yeah, Florida State was rough this year. Real rough, and even last year too. Like yeah. they've just been, they've been a bad. They haven't bad been good program. since Jameis stole those crab legs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since he was eating W. Yeah. Um. So I feel like he could be a. He was a consistent piece on a really bad team. Um. Hands wise, he's fairly average he can get the job done he can catch the ball if he has to but he's not like a star show out from receiving and stuff needs to work on a little bit of blocking um and he kind of makes a little bit of boneheaded moves that's why he didn't play as much last year he has the elusiveness if he wants to to break an ankle spin off of a dude and run down the field he likes to make contact being 5'11", 212, he wants to throw that 212 into you and power through you. So I think that he might have some issues going up against players like a, depending on where he goes. I have him possibly, or he's a good fit for the Falcons, in my opinion. So if he's going up against like a Levante David or something like that, you're not going to run through Levante David all the time. So, so he might be... Thank God that Luke Keekley retired. Right. Um, my In my NFL comparison right now... With his size, with him not being that all-star receiving running back, I'd say he's like a Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram type player. I mean, and that'd be pretty nice, especially if he goes to the Falcons. The Falcons have already said that they, I mean, they've said it without saying it, that they're already leaning into, you know, cutting Devonta Freeman. Um, So that's going to open up a big hole. And if they do bring in a rookie, I think that that guy is automatically going to be at the top of their depth chart. Yeah, because like, I mean, like I said from last episode, like Edo Smith can be a solid receiving back change of pace, but he can't take all the snaps because he will break in half. Yeah. And then Brian Hill, when he (laughs) had his chance to do stuff, he was averaging like 2.8, 3.0 yards per carry. That's just not getting the job done for an offense that – 
needs to be able to throw to their receiving backs because that was what a huge part of Tevin Coleman, Demonte Freeman was, was dishing out of the backfield, opening it up down the field, and then every now and then sneaking in like a power to the right or left out of shotgun formation. Yeah, and uh, like I said, those are going to be all the players that we think are going to rise up during the NFL scouting combine. Um, they're not necessarily like I don't think any of our players were projected to go in the first round. They're no. players that you know were expected to go later that we think that hey, you guys should be looking at them in your second round or even late in the first round of your rookie drafts um, because we think that they could make a big impact on your team. Um, but the next thing we're gonna be going over, uh, I wanted to throw out a little blind resume for you guys. Uh, it's uh, they're both wide receivers. And, you know, I was pretty surprised. And I think uh, I don't, I'm not quite for sure which one you guys are going to choose. So I'm excited to see if I could uh, catch you guys up on this one. Um, so the blind resume, the first wide receiver has 87 receptions, 1,175 yards and four touchdowns. Or would you rather have the guy with 83 receptions, 1,174 yards and six touchdowns? So basically, the first guy just had four more receptions, one more yard, and two less touchdowns. And the second guy had four less receptions, one less yard, and two more touchdowns. Honestly, I, I, just going off of the fact that you're getting 87 or 85 catches in a season, I mean, that's some pretty solid volume. That's not Michael Thomas. I feel like one of these guys is like going to be Tyler Boyd. Because I know Tyler Boyd had yeah, a that's huge exactly issue. exactly what I was thinking. He had a Tyler huge Boyd. issue with finding the red zone yeah, last but, year. So you're thinking he's the guy with four touchdowns? I think he's the guy with four touchdowns. But I, I don't know if he was got, the guy with six touchdowns. I don't know if but, he got – well, the problem was he went most of the season without a touchdown. I don't know if he how much he reached the end zone at the end of the season. All um, right. Trey, are we right? Is one of them Tyler Boyd? I say none of them are Tyler oh, Boyd. Because no. okay. we were both thinking Tyler Boyd. That's weird. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go – I would rather have player B. Um, player B, you'd rather have four less receptions, one less yard, but two more touchdowns? Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, six point. You know, I guess that's twelve points is worth more than four catches, in my opinion. What if I told you that player B? That's a down year for him. I'll then still take him. I would take. All yeah, right. absolutely. Player A was DJ Moore. Really? Okay. Player B, you guys want to just throw one last guess out there? Is it Kenny Galladay? No, no. Kenny Galladay had lots of touchdowns. Kenny Galladay was a stud. I, I was like, I, I was just thinking you would probably do that, like, because of DJ Moore, Kenny this, Galladay, and, and, and I didn't want. What team did he play this. for? Let me this guy is or, yeah, give going us... rounds later than DJ Moore. Is it like, is it like a Jarvis Landry or OBJ? Wow, Jarvis Landry is the guy. Ooh. Jarvis good, Landry good was job, nasty Jay. this year. I was yeah, like, because so, he was the dude that moved the chains, but he never got to the end zone. But the Browns didn't get to the end zone much Jarvis either. Landry I mean, is only two years older than DJ yeah. Moore, and yet his value is so much less. But in my opinion, he's in a so much better situation. So it's right kind now, of baffling yeah. of why, you know, I think it's just because DJ Moore is a hot commodity. Um, he did yeah. have a worse year than Jarvis Landry, according to the stats. You right. Know? Um, so it would be interesting to see just well, you know what I, happens next season, especially with Baker Mayfield a lot, having a down a of, year. A lot of people think you know Landry's been in the league forever and all that. Dude, like he was, you know, in, he was insane in Miami. Like he's a hundred yard, he's a hundred uh, receptions a year kind of guy. Like yeah, would you say 84? 84, 87? Yeah, yeah, 83. 83. 83 receptions last year. Like I said, year. that's I a mean, down year. That, 
I mean, that's a little off from his average of roughly 100, but, you know, new system, new team. Well, yeah, and you went well, from— I guess he was two years in, uh, there, but he's got OBJ, got to get the catches. Yeah, but I, mean, got, it, huh. I mean, it was a new system since, it was, you know, was with like, the new, new uh, head coach, coach and you, everything. You look at what Baker did his rookie year when he did get in. I mean— he led them to – he had a either a 500 or a winning record, and yep. he was doing a lot of shotgun, two, three steps, getting the ball out. With Freddie Kitchens, he was doing a lot of six-step dropbacks. And with that offensive line, he just didn't have enough time. So that offense in general and with all the stuff that was going on off the field with Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph in the head, <laughs> did he say a racial slur? Did he not? Who knows? <laughs> NFL should know. Um, say, dude, they got mics everywhere. A lot of people say that, that they – that you know they do have the audio they just don't want to release it because that because he did say it i mean let's not get into but it who knows yeah, time, i don't think that's a topic we need to get into but, i mean my my th- just barely going over it though my thing is is that we have had there's been racial situations in the past and they've handled it accordingly why is this one that they're just gonna be like, oh, he may have said it, but we're gonna cut this so that it doesn't get out there? He, well, I mean, we've never seen, audio of this guy. They've never not, seen someone do take that. a helmet and beat someone's head in. So with it. it's gotta be pretty severe. Because my thing is, like, it's not like we're talking about like a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees saying any racial slur that's gonna get someone aggravated. And I'm not saying they haven't. Not saying they have. But it's a Mason Rudolph. He's a second string quarterback yeah. behind. Maybe even third. Bre- He's on maybe, my dynasty honestly. team. Okay. Stay Leave back. the guy alone. <laughs> Stay back. All right. Well, uh, our last segment, we end every episode, we guarantee it is, and with a Tyler hot take. The pre-pod, we, we were hearing some of it. so Yeah, so uh, you guys can just sit back. If you're if you're driving, I, I, I recommend pulling over. Make sure there's nothing that's throwable around you. No I'm, glass, nothing that you want to punch and break. I'm going to throw out the question spot. to you guys. I'm going to throw out the question. And, you know, you guys could even tweet us at it at FF underscore forecast at FF underscore Superflex Guru. TR Sports Chatter. I'm here to listen to why you got to disagree with me. F football JT. I'll probably take your side. But Tyler Hot Take, who do you think will be a bigger bust next season? Joe Mixon or Todd Gurley? Todd Gurley's going to probably, you know, get his crown back and be a Probably roughly top five running back. I don't see Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon would probably be around. Wait, time out. Do, do you have to give a shout out to somebody real quick be, before you get into all this? Oh, Shane. Oh, Shane. Why Why are you coming at me about Joe Mixon, man? Like, if you drafted him in a lot of your leagues, I really feel bad for you because he's going to be like the 15th best running back next year, you know? I, I just, I just want to say I'm sorry, man. Like, it really, it really hurts Shane, me. This guy took so much offense. I mean, this guy wanted Tyler fired because Tyler said that Joe Mixon was, in his opinion, the most overrated fantasy well, football okay. guy. Okay, I'll back that up because I've seen Joe Mixon going before players like Leonard Fournette, who produce almost every week. Derrick Henry you go who, before Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, like Led he, the he touchdowns. Right, see? Like, I got other people backing me up. What did Joe Mixon do? I'm waiting. Like, he still hasn't done anything, in my opinion. So, I mean, I would take him if he was there in the third, like, late third round, fourth round. Like, No, he is, what, 22, 23 years old. Oh, that was a crack. But 23 years old with an offensive line that's 
terrible. Trash, bro. He still finished number 11, standard number 13 PPR, and he now has a new head coach with a new incoming quarterback. He's got A.J. Green Hold healthy on, I'm gonna, again. I'm going to stop you real okay, quick. Okay, there's – okay. I'm going to stop uh, you. He got me, like, less than four points at least three times last year on my fi- fantasy team. You know how frustrating that is when you take him in the second round? I drafted him and traded him to you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I gave you, I don't know, probably my <laughs> third like I, I traded Jarvis Landry and Joe Mixon for some it, it don't matter. He was drafted in the second round. And, like, he isn't worth a second-round pick. Like, like Trey said, you have Henry and Jones, the top two rushing touchdown leaders. Like, why, why are they going before Mixon? Yeah, age is different. But, like, if you look at just total running back value – they are worth more than Joe Mixon. You look at Fournette, he is an absolute monster. Like, if he can stay healthy and, like, out of trouble and stuff, like, that dude, like, went on a tear. Like, he wasn't super consistent early, but, like, late in the season, that dude was just practically unstoppable. Like, I, I will agree with you there. And the thing is, a lot of people don't know that Leonard Fournette, uh, I think it says that he had more targets than Julio Jones or something like that. So, well, Leonard Fournette might be a big old buy. And I think, you know, I think Gurley's going to have that bounce back here. They were, I think they were a little scared about his knee and everything, but I think they're, you know, they got more comfortable using him late in the season. And I think he'll, you know, he'll get a lot more touches and stuff. I think they'll throw, start throwing the ball again. And like that, that was probably one of the biggest things for me is like when I watched the Rams play, they weren't really like golf wouldn't look at him. Like and to me, it was just like, why he's wide open yeah i agree with that i think Gurley is gonna have a bounce back season they were always saying we're gonna save him for the playoffs well you gotta make it to the playoffs and Gurley's only 25 so if you want to pull the age card on Mixon and Gurley, it's only two year difference so i would i would much rather have talk Gurley uh in the ram system and everything versus joe mixon brand new system like everyone like there's a lot of hype with joe burrow i think joe burrow is going to be really good but like is he going to be really good right away I mean, I think that he is could be like he, so. I, that's where I was coming in. So if AJ Green does get that franchise tag or comes back, that's still a solid piece when he's healthy outside. Tyler Boyd showed that he can catch a ball, score sometimes. Like he's still a decent enough wide receiver. He was a solid RB yeah, two got, two years ago. Like he was a solid number two option. He's got weapons. I mean, he's got so you got I feel Eifert, like, you got Green, you got Speedster John Ross, you got Boyd. My thing you got is, is that if tape. you if you actually have a team that. Obviously, Tyler Boyd had like two, three touchdowns last year, something like that. So they're not getting the job done in the air very well. They're going to load up, and they're going to just pummel on Joe Mixon. I'm looking right now. He had 278 carries, 1137, and five touchdowns. Not the best season. Not, I mean, that's still above average. He still got over 1,000 yards rushing, and he was beat up like the entire season. So imagine if they had a good offensive line. Yeah, like that's the biggest reason why I would not take Joe Mixon. And that was also early. Zach Taylor's first year as yep. a head coach. So we don't know what he's going to look like this year. So if you're looking at previous years, but also. You look at the year before Joe Mixon was a stud. Like the year before, okay, I think so he was top three in rushing yards. But he may have been, but he also only had eleven hundred sixty-eight rushing yards. So, like, that's my thing. This is a pass-happy league. Yeah. Right. So get your running back that gets you the yards and the points on the ground as much as you can because it's hard. Pass-happy. He had two hundred eighty-seven yards last year and three ones touchdowns. That can catch. I mean, that's why you know James White's so valuable. That's why. Yeah. He's in, that's why he You'll finishes get, every year as an RB two because he catches eighty balls. Yeah. Right. Which I, I think. think the, I think the biggest thing that people aren't realizing what Joe Mixon's value is if Cincinnati doesn't fix the offensive line 
he will be, you know, he'll get you less than 10 points week in, week out. And, like, when you could have taken Todd Gurley in the third round, where I think I believe he went in our draft, um, who was going to put out, you know, 15 to 20-ish potentially every week if, you know, the Rams go back to using him, and I think that that's what they'll do. And, of course, I mean, of course, we're also still way too early because we're only in February. The season is, like, six months away. But my thing is is that Tar Gurley had his in, insane season two years ago, got hurt, got beat up, had surgery in the offseason, I do believe. Yeah. I know he's had knee injuries and issues and arthritis and stuff. Why did they not use Todd Gurley more last year? They were saving for the I playoffs. I think it was play calling, to be honest with you, because there was games that Goff was throwing the ball sixty times, and you yeah. know they only ran the ball ten times. Because like but Malcolm they didn't Brown, look, they didn't, they weren't even looking. Malcolm Brown was only relevant for like the first like three games. Then they just started throwing the ball down the field, and like I remember even, watching. But even they, then, like the only person that was really worth having on fantasy consistently week in week out. Was um Cooper Cooper Cup. Cup yeah I mean and even Robert uh, uh Robert, Robert Woods, Woods every was now the top, and then was yeah the top twenty wide receiver yeah like he would he would get his he would be Brandon able to Cooks eat stuff unplayable this year well he kept getting he, yeah. I think he was hurt a bunch it wasn't of for his, you know concussions and yeah stuff. He, he's a solid option I mean, to play. Tyler Higby was winning me fantasy championships he was as well. a solid pickup for a tight end for sure I just feel like they now have the pieces they need. Of course, you have an aging AJ Green on the outside, so that kind of hurts. So, so you're saying you'd rather have Joe Mixon than Todd Gurley? I would rather have Joe Mixon than Todd Gurley. I feel like Todd Gurley. I would rather it, have Joe Mixon than Todd. Gurley. I feel like Todd Gurley's Man, knee issues coming out of college is going to slow him down way quicker than Joe Mixon is doing right now. Let's just use next year. You would rather have Joe. You guys trust Joe Mixon more next year? Redraft wise, if we're talking redraft, I'd rather have Joe Mixon. Yeah. Just because uh, we ju- here, we just saw- just because PPR, you mean you saw Todd Gurley's usage? I'd rather bank on and that happening. The thing again. is, is it's not that Todd Gurley was unhealthy in the entire season. Like it literally came to a point where they said that they're just not using him because it's just not part of their game plan. At the point, like, no, dude, they were what, saving him for the playoffs. That's how do you save? Point. There was how do you save him for the playoffs when you're like what six and ten? Like they went, nine two, and, they went nine and seven. They were one game out. Okay, but still, like you can't. Yeah, but save. they had to win like the last four or five. Games. Like, yeah. the, like, the, they, like it's with the new format that the NFL is going to go to. The Rams would have made it in, right. and then Gurley would have been you but know unleashed like he was the last four. At weeks the same of the time, that's what the last like week or two of the season's for. You don't save your stars for the playoffs. Well, the um, Rams didn't think they were going to get in a situation where they were going to go nine and seven when they go like thirteen and three the year before. Like the Rams probably like, thought they could go out there. Win, dominate. You know, McVay's offense hasn't been figured out by defensive coordinators, and they were wrong. But that's why they never used Gurley. I mean, there was a couple games where Gurley only got like five or six carries a game because for like twelve yards, and then he was done because they threw the ball sixty times. Yeah, but like, and Golf wasn't even looking at him until late in the season. Then you really started Gurley's numbers ramping up, and he was a top fifteen back. Where and he I, didn't I could, look like a top 15 back. I could join the argument and say that maybe McVay was kind of freaking out because he is their star piece. That maybe he was really passive with them this year because they saw what happened when they pushed him to his limits. They got to the playoffs. They were one of the best teams in the league. They got to the championship game, the Super Bowl. But Todd Gurley wasn't healthy enough to really even do anything. I don't even know if he got more than five carries in the Super Bowl. And we saw what happened there. It was like a seventeen to ten football game or something like that. Thirteen three. Well, but who's counting? It was wait. Was, ooh, that's even worse. Yeah, it was, I don't a, it was a rough Super Bowl. But I like, don't think they scored. But, but my, that's my they point though. It's just, 
Greg DeLeg, baby. What, I was freaking out when we had what well, I don't even remember who it was. Honestly, it was a Moore or Matt Moore, whoever for the Chiefs yeah. as the backup when Patrick Mahomes went out against uh, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I was freaking out because I was like, if Mahomes is done for two more weeks, like there's just no way that defense was trash. They're they're gonna fall off if they get a wild card spot. They're not gonna win first round. Like it did not matter at that point. Just watching how they were working. I, but then they brought him back once it was right. When he was healthy enough, he was 100%. But the Rams didn't do that. Todd Gurley yeah. was 100% for the majority of the season, and they still ran him four or five times in later games. Towards the end, they ramped him up more when they were like, oh, hey, we have a chance. You just you can't do that as a, as a coach. You have to play your players to get to the playoffs and then try to figure out ways. Because the problem is, is that after Todd Gurley, there's a huge drop-off with Malcolm Brown. I know that people are buying Daryl Henderson right now, and you need to just because he's young. But the one time he was able to actually do anything, he was terrible. Yeah. And he didn't look that good in the preseason either whenever yeah. he was getting all the carries. Um, but you know, a lot of people were contributing that to the offensive line. Um, but, you know, like I said, that that's how we end every episode. So <laughs> that is the end of this episode. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to say? Just follow us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. F- Superflex Guru and FF underscore forecast for the podcast Twitter as well. This is uh, Tyler, TR Sports Chatter. Just let me know why you would take Joe Mixon over Todd Gurley, and, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. And we're going to put that on the poll. Uh, <laughs> we, who yeah. would you rather, Todd Gurley or, or Joe Mixon? For the remainder um, of their career. Remainder of their career, we'll see. That's going to be an Todd overwhelming Gurley majority. All day. And we'll roast Tyler at the beginning of the next episode. Y'all can roast me all you want. Go draft your Joe Mixons. I'll take my Todd Gurleys. I'll see you in the championship, and I'll take the dub. All That's right. fair. Okay. All right, well, uh, Jake, is there anything that you wanted to say? Um, just follow me on Twitter at FootballJT, and we will be able to all roast Tyler together. As a, as a, as a group and a, a Tyler hatred community. But if uh, you guys have any other questions, you know, maybe not for the mailbags and stuff, don't be afraid to send us some stuff. We love answering questions, regardless of how hot topic it is or not. Mm-hmm. If you got the hot topic, send it my way. I'll answer it all. Truthfully, <laughs> I'll send you nothing but straight facts. That's all I do here. And honestly, if you tweet at us, most likely all three of us will see it anyway. So yep. you, if you tweet just at one, you'll probably get all three replies regardless. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank see you. you guys later.